Father, I want to thank you for every single person watching. I want to thank you for the seven spirits before the throne that are brooding over me, that are brooding over every person watching, that are brooding to be able to release in us the truth and the life of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're the after teacher and that you will continue teaching long after this session is over. I want to thank you for the spirit of revelation, for the spirit of knowledge, for the spirit of understanding, for the spirit of counsel, for the fear of the Lord, for the spirit of the Lord, and the spirit of might to be brooding over every single person as you're taking us deeper into understanding your heart for us, your love for us, and what you are calling your bride to in this hour to rise up, to shine, to be that powerful bride that you've called her to be, to be equally yoked with Jesus as she walks in, in authority all over this world, as she walks in the supernatural power of God, and as she knows what it means to be led by the Spirit of God. I thank you for that in your beautiful name, Jesus. Amen. Well, friends, I want to continue just talking about the season that God has called us into to be priests and kings and to be able to establish the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, 2 Peter tells, it that, it tells us that we are priesthood of all believers and that we are holy and that we are there rubbing each other smooth like living stones so that we can be all that he's called us to be. And Romans tell us that God is looking for a people, the sons of God that are going to walk the earth, establishing, releasing, and ushering in the supernatural glory of God. And now is the hour, and this is the time, so that the final harvest can come in, so that people can see the glorious God we serve in a powerful way. And today I want to talk about the keys. I want to talk about the keys of worship, friends, because God is coming back for worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. And the word of God says in Psalm 100 that we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is one of the most powerful tools that we have, and that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Then it says that we enter into his courts with praise. And then, friends, we enter into the holy of holies through worship. And so those are the three keys of intimacy, of worship, of supernatural living, and the most powerful weapon that we have against darkness. And I want to talk about the first key today, which is the key of thanksgiving. Well, in old Hebrew, there was no word for thanksgiving. And so what they used to do is that they used to tell of its name. So if somebody was very thankful and very grateful for something that you had done for them, the way they would thank you is that they would walk around telling everybody about how incredibly kind and how incredibly good you were and how anointed you were and how your life affected their life. And by them telling other people of everything you had done, that was the way that they said thank you to you. So they walked around giving a good report of who you were as a way of thanking you for what you'd done in their life. And so that was the word that the old Hebrew had for giving thanks. Now, unfortunately, that's exactly the gift, the powerful gift that the devil used, and he counterfeited it as he always does, and he released walking around, speaking badly about other people to destroy them, where it was intended to be walking around, speaking well of other people to give thanks to them, for imparting into your life. So the enemy used that beautiful gift of thanksgiving.
to bring destruction, to kill and slander and destroy reputations and to judge people. And unfortunately, that's exactly where the word is, the world's got stuck. And so we see that that was God's way of us coming and giving thanks of what God had done for us by telling everybody everywhere we went about this incredible God we serve. Today, we call it a testimony when you tell about what God's done for you, but it's actually a form of thanksgiving. And that's why it's so powerful, friends. We overcome the devil by the word of our testimony in the blood of the Lamb. And, and God's never, ever, ever wanted us to stop giving thanks by telling others of the good things that he has done and the good things that others have done. And unfortunately, most of us have got stuck in gossip. But today, if that's been you, repent, break the curse over your life and turn it to good by using it the way that it was intended. Now, Psalm 100, and 100 I'm going to read the whole psalm to you because it's such a beautiful psalm, written by David. And remember that we are priests in the order of Samuel, the new style priest, and kings in the order of David, the new anointed king in which Jesus was born. And it says here in Psalm 100, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. So there is every form of joy that you could possibly think about in the first two verses. Know that the Lord is God. Know, unshakably know. Have an intimacy, have, a, have, a, have an absolute intimate knowledge you know the way that a husband knows his wife the way that he knows her in no way anybody else will ever know her or should ever know her in the same way God wants us to get to know him intimately that's what table time is all about intimate knowledge of our father spending time in great intimacy entering into the secret place entering into the pasture entering through the gate into the pastures that Jesus talks about in John 10 know that the Lord is good, intimately know that the Lord is good, that it is he who has made us, we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever, his faithfulness continues through all generations and so there we see that David says we are the sheep of his pasture and it's out of that scripture that Jesus in John 10 10 says verse 9 and 10 I'm going to read back to 7 therefore Jesus said again I tell you the truth I am the gate for the sheep you whoever come before me all whoever came before me were thieves and robbers but the sheep did not listen to them I am the gate Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. So we see that in Jesus, it is not an entering in the day we die to go to heaven, but it is an ability to enter in and come out and enter in and come out into the pasture, into the paradise, into the third heaven, into an encounter of peace, into an encounter of the kingdom of heaven, where there's joy and love and peace. So that we can come out, we enter in by priesting, friends, loving God, worshiping God, giving thanks to God, and we come out as kings. As I've said to you before, we can never be a king until we know how to priest first. Every single day we need to priest. We need to minister to God. We need to love God. We need to thank God. We need to bring glory to God every single day so that we can enter deeply 
And then we can come out of there as kings with authority and anointing to do what the Father told us to do. Then it says, the thief comes only to steal, to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So Psalm 100 says, we are his sheep of his pasture. And it says, we will enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Now I've got a very, very childlike little drawing here for you. And I just want to show it to you. So please don't um, criticize my drawing. But please just look at what I'm trying to demonstrate. So here we see the tabernacle of David very symbolically. And we see an entrance gate over here. And that gate is Jesus. Jesus. It's only through Jesus that we can enter. The sheep can enter the pasture. And we go through Jesus. How do we go through Jesus? Well, number one, you've got to accept him as your Lord and Savior. And then number two, every single time that you give thanks, it is the key to enter into the pasture. Now, we see that that pasture is demonstrated by a court. And those are the outer courts. Take me to the outer courts. And as we go into the courts, the Bible says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with praise. And it's in the courts that we see the altar of sacrifice. And that is where they had to bring the animals to be uh, sacrificed because they were unholy coming out of the world. They had to bring the altar of sacrifice so that they could sacrifice um, the animals so that they could be free of sin. And then they were able to go through into a deeper place. And there was the labor over there where they had to wash their hands. Because who can ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Psalm uh, 24. And they had to wash their hands. And that, that labor, that bowl was made of mirrors. And so that they could see their own reflection back at themselves. And friends, Jesus is busy um, purifying his bride until she looks like him. And the reflection that shines back is his reflection through her. Then they were able to enter into the holy place. And the holy place was where the, the bread was. The, the sacred bread was and where the, the bread of atonement was. And where the, uh, the seven lights, um, the light, the fullness of the light of Jesus was. And where the altar of incense was, which is the prayer of the saints before the throne. And so we see that when we go into the holy of holies, I mean the holy place, that's where we meet Jesus. In the courts, we meet the Holy Spirit. This is where we meet Jesus. Jesus is the bread of life. He is the light of the world. And he stands interceding for us with the prayers of the saints before the throne room. And then we enter into the Holy of Holies. And this is where the Shekinah glory is. There's abode glory here. There's, there's glory in this place. But the Shekinah, the highest form of glory, the, the, the weightiness, the supernatural glory is in the presence of our Father. Because this is where the Ark was. And that's where the Father is. And that's where the Shekinah is. And that is where the cherubim and the seraphim angels are. In the holy place, we start seeing angels manifesting, but it is in the holy of holies that we see the glory angels manifesting. Now, this tabernacle of David represents the fullness of worship. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with praise. And with every single shifting, friends, when you shift from outside in this you're in the world but you're not of the world and you shift through the gates with thanksgiving you feel an atmosphere change something changes and then as you carry on praising and in this place he will remind you of things you need to fix things you need to repent of attitudes and thoughts he just wants you to deal with the convicting of the holy spirit will say no cats deal with that quickly and then as he does that he'll there'll be a shift once again as you find yourself through to healer praise which is heart praise Entering into the holy place. 
where we meet Jesus. And there's just a whole nother, another level of worship. And it's no longer praise and clamorously foolish and lots of instruments and shouts and joy and excitement, which is part of the courts. But it just goes into a more sober, beautiful worship and praise, which represents be still and know that I'm God. You're entering into a deeper place. This is where we meet Jesus. And that's where often Jesus will manifest himself. And you'll see the angels coming to serve you at a greater level. And then, friends, when we enter into the Holy of Holies, we, we worship him. Where it literally means we are quiet. We are in that place of just quiet on our face before him, on our knees before him. I will bow before the throne in worship. And he speaks to us and we hear him. And so this is what worship is. It starts off with us giving everything, thanksgiving, praise. Then suddenly we start feeling him giving back to us when we go into the holy place. And then it's only him and we do absolutely nothing. But drink from his presence as he speaks to us. He ministers to us. And it's in this place that Jesus heals our soul, friends. Psalm 23, where he says that we will come into the pasture. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and staff. You lead me to lie down in green pastures. You restore my soul. So it's coming in, lying down in that green pasture, restoring the soul. And then it's going to the table. And being able to partake of the table, the deep intimacy, the king's place, that secret place where he fills our cup with overflowing and he gives us a new anointing. And then when we come out of there as kings, goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. But friends, it also represents our body, our soul and our spirit. And for us to enter into the place where we enter into peace in our body, our soul and our spirit, we have to make a willful choice to thank Him and praise Him and worship Him even when we don't want to. Because at the gate, friends, John 10 verse 9 and 10 says, At the gate, the thief is. I am the gate. I've come to give you an abundant life. But the thief comes only to steal, to kill and to destroy. And so we see how the thief stands at the gate. He stands at the gate in the form of Beelzebub, Lord of the house who's trying to take occupation of your soul and he's trying to take occupation of your home. And he sends all kinds of things to bombard your mind, to tempt, to torment, to troublemake, to tire and to terrorize you so that you cannot enter in. And at the end of that, you don't feel like it. But friends, our, our feelings lie. Thanksgiving is a choice. I choose to give thanks to God, even if I don't feel like it. Even if my circumstances aren't good. Because when we do that, friends, we enter in to the secret place. We enter in to the, to the paradise of God. We enter in to the, to the pasture. We enter in. So we have to silence the enemy and we have to give thanks until we feel the shift. You see, he's not operating here. He's operating here. He stands at the gate and he tries everything to stop us. So we enter in. That means our body chooses to, to, to say to our emotions, I'm not listening to you. And our mind makes a choice to enter into thanksgiving. Now that represents breaking through so that the body can enter in. And then it says that um, we start worshiping God, praising God, and we praise him. So that the enemy, Bilal, who's, who's attacking our thoughts, the one that calls us worthless, 
the one that says that we are ruined, that we have a poverty spirit, that we are wicked, that are evil, that keeps bombarding our minds and trying to dis disqualify us, we praise to silence that. It's a tormenting demon. It's all about mind idolatry. It's all about what's going on in the mind. And that is why the Bible says in Isaiah 61, put on a garment of praise for a spirit of depression or heaviness. And so friends, when you come into this, this, the courts, you now have to fight the bombardment on your mind. And that is why at this place, God starts dealing with what's between us, the sin, the condemnation, the wrong thought patterns. And he starts dealing with that because he's stopping and arresting Bilal from having the right to disqualify you. <coughs> this is where the Bible says we have to take our thoughts captive. And friends, giving thanks is a choice. <coughs> Praising. You've got to praise God. Taking your thoughts captive. Your thoughts want to be controlled by heaviness. Your thoughts want to be controlled by despair. Your thoughts want to surrender to depression. Because the enemy is bombarding your thoughts. But as we continue to praise, we silence and we literally burn up that which is operating in our minds and attacking us, which Jesus described as Balal, the Lord of the, the, um, the, Lord of the Flies. <coughs> I'm sorry. Jesus described Balal as the one that brings worthlessness, a poverty spirit, wickedness and evil and ruin to our thoughts. And that's why I described Balal. So we conquer Belzebub at the entrance and we conquer Balal. <coughs> Excuse me. We conquer Balao through the praise in this area because we are taking control of our thoughts. That is when the Bible says the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty for the pulling down of strong, strongholds. We cast down every thought that does not come into agreement with God and we make our thoughts um, obedient. We come into believing the truth, whatever's true, whatever's lovely, whatever's praiseworthy, whatever's admirable. Philippians 4 verse 8, think upon these things. Take your thoughts captive. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 to 6, the greatest weapon of our warfare. And that is why, friends, we have to praise God even when we don't feel like it. Because it shifts the atmosphere. It opens the heavens. There's a shift from here to here which comes through thanksgiving. And there's a massive shift from here to be able to allow us to enter in, which comes from praise. And then when we've broken through and we can feel we've broken through and don't stop until you break through. And initially it's difficult because your mind's being bombarded all the time. But friends, as you continue to do it, eventually you won't have to do it every time. You'll be able to just dwell here because you've broken through these barriers. You'll go out of there into the presence and come back there because you see once your mind has been filled with heaven which happens when you go into the holy place in the holy place jesus restores your soul in the holy place he fills you with peace he fills you with joy with calm with love he fills you with everything he is 
then when you come out of there into the world, the Bible says, don't leave your peace behind. When you go into a tormental or, or chaotic or a confused state where people don't want to know him, take your peace with you. Don't leave it behind. Don't get confused and get involved in their arguments. That's not your problem. Take your peace. Go back and drink from his incredible glory and then go out again. We have to guard our peace. That presence of God, the peace where we are flooded with heaven's atmosphere, we have to guard it, friends. And we go and overflow into people's lives wherever they want to receive. If they don't want to receive, take your peace with you and leave them. That's what God tells us to do. So we see that the soul is ministered to here. And when we've broken through the soul, we get more and more glory deposited in our spirits so that we can be sons of God and we can be led by the spirit. So we see this, this tabernacle of David, which is just a very rudimental drawing, which is the way that he set up the tabernacle physically in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament is the spiritual truth. It represents the spirit the Jesus and the Father, it represents our body, our soul, and our spirit. It represents thanksgiving, praise, and worship. And it represents the three in one. We are made three in one in the image and likeness of the Father. And Father is made up three in one. They all equal. They all work together. They all have a part to play. Holy Spirit, which is available to all of us every day, brooding over the earth. Jesus, the Son of God who gave himself for us and who's a bridegroom coming back for his bride. And that's why we have to get ready because he can only come back for a bride that looks like him without spot or blemish. And the Father and everybody does according to the will of the Father. So I, I've drawn this very roughly for you to see. But there's the enemy standing at the gate. There's the gate which is the cross of Jesus. But friends, it's not just the cross. We've got to go deeper. We've got to lay our bodies as living sacrifices, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. And then we've got to meet Jesus, the bread of life, the light of life, the intercessor, the one that restores our soul, the bridegroom. And then we've got to go to the Holy of Holies, where the, where the angels are, the glory angels are, the Shekinah glory is. And that's where the supernatural happens. And friends, where the Shekinah glory is, the fear of God is. Because you can't touch God's glory. We cannot touch God's glory. In the Old Testament, when they tried to put the ark back onto the, the carriage because it was falling off, the man dropped dead. In the New Testament, in the fullness of the Shekinah, when the supernatural was happening everywhere, Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit. They touched the glory of God and they dropped dead. And friends, everybody wants glory, but they don't realize the cost of glory. So we've got to be very, very careful that we've got to allow ourselves to be washed and cleansed and to allow God to transform us. Only God can transform us, friends. It's the Holy Spirit that transforms our mind and sanctifies us. We can't do that ourselves. We just become proud and pious, thinking that we're religious and holy, when actually we're just more dirty than we ever were before. Only God can do that. But as he does that, and the deeper we go, friends, the more we've got to be on our face before him, the more we've got to humble ourselves. We cannot touch God's glory. And when God's glory starts flowing through us, we cannot take credit for what belongs to God. So I just wanted to explain that to you, because the more that we are preparing to be priests and kings, the more we have to understand the importance 
of thanksgiving, praise and worship. And today I'm talking specifically about thanksgiving. So we start off by using it the way it was meant to be used. We tell of the good things God has done. Tell your testimony. Talk about the good things other people have done on behalf of God in your life. Because by doing that, you are silencing gossip, you're silencing the power of the enemy, and you're allowing God's glory to be revealed all over the earth as the waters cover the sea. So Thanksgiving shifts the atmosphere, and when you feel that atmosphere shift, you can enter in, and you know that something's happened because your mind's not being bombarded, and you're not feeling that attack, and it's not difficult anymore, where you're forcing yourself initially to give thanks because you've chosen to. But it gets easier and easier until it starts flowing out of you with such delight and such joy. And then you automatically start praising God for who he is. And then you start thanking God and praising God for what he's done for you. And that's how we enter into deeper spaces. Now, Thanksgiving was so important to King David. And everything we're learning is about the model that they left behind for us. That in Chronicles it tells us that he... he um, chose Levites that their job was every single day to bring thanks to God. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 4 says they had to record everything God had done. They had to give thanks to God and they had to praise the Lord God of Israel every single day. That was their job, just to record what God had done, to thank God for what he'd done and to praise him. They stood at the, at the t- at tabernacle and that was their job. It says in 1 Chronicles 23 verse 30, they were also to stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord and they were to do the same every evening. Now can you imagine that you've been employed in a church and you say, what can I do? What am I here to do? Um, Where can I use my ministry? And they say, well, your ministry is to minister as a priest unto the Lord. And what you have to do is you have to get up every morning and every evening, and you've got to record what God has done, you've got to thank Him for that, and you've got to praise Him. That's your job. And you know the most amazing thing about the thanksgiving sacrifice? It was done through people by people in thanksgiving to God, and it was not about sacrificing animals. It was about the heart of the person. In Psalm 116 verse 17, it says, I will sacrifice a thank offering to you. And call on the name of the Lord. It is a sacrifice of the person, even in the old days. And we see that it was introduced in Leviticus as part of the law for the priests right from the beginning. There was a thanksgiving sacrifice that had to be done. And why is it so important, friends? Because us ministering to God and loving God and thanking God, not coming to God with demands and requests, and a whole list of things we want answered. Just loving him and appreciating him and thanking him. So it was part of the job of the priest from the beginning. And David took it to another level where he appointed Levites that just did that. That's all they did. That was their role, their job description. And isn't that amazing? Imagine the, the glory they must have lived in when all they did was enter into presence, enter into presence, enter into presence every day and every night. What a privilege. Would you be happy with that? Or do you want a platform? Because you see, friends, we can't king until we know how to priest well. It says in Leviticus 22 verse 29, When you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, 
offer it at your own will. We have to allow our own will to rise up. And as I said to you, friends, because you're fighting the demonic realm to start off with, you never feel like it because the enemy is getting hold of your feelings and telling you, don't do it. Don't be silly. Look at my circumstances. Look, it sucks. Life sucks. What do I want to thank God for? But you choose. You let your will rise up and you say, I will thank God. No matter what my circumstances, I will thank God. And as you do that, you enter through the gate and you enter into the courts. And that's paradise. It is your secret place. It is the pastures. It's the paradise of heaven, the third heaven. Because you see, just as much as this represents the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it also represents your body, your soul, and your spirit. It also represents thanksgiving, praise, and worship. But it also represents the paradise of God, the city of God, and the throne of God. I just love the detail and the prophetic pictures that God gives us to be able to understand him more, to know him, to intimately know him more. So we see that it has to be an act of our will. There's no animals involved. They're not bearing the brunt of this. You have to choose to give thanks and to enter in. Then um, when should we give thanks? Well, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 15 to 18 says, Make sure that no one pays back evil for evil. But we, the Bible says that we overcome evil with good. But always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always, not just when you feel like it. Pray with continually, pray without ceasing. How do we do that, friends? When you pray in your spirit, when you pray in tongues, when you always find yourself, no matter what's happening, your spirit is praying because we're praying heaven's prayers according to the Holy Spirit, heaven's thoughts, and we're ushering in the, the, the will and the plans and the purposes of God. Then it says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, I just want to take a moment of that. It doesn't say give praise for all circumstances it says give praise in all circumstances give thanks in all circumstances you know paul said that i had plenty and i had little and i learned to be contented in both friends it means god i trust you i believe you you've got this my circumstances suck but i refuse to be circumstance-led I am led by you because you promised me in Romans 8 verse 28 that you turn everything to the good for those who love you. So right now, this doesn't look good. Right now, my heart's broken. But I know it's going to end good. And I know that it's not finished until it's good. And therefore, God, in the process of this turning good, I'm going to thank you because you God. I'm going to thank you that you are working. I'm going to thank you because you're doing amazing things. I want to thank you because you're transforming my life. I want to thank you because you're teaching me how to grow, how to go deeper. If you have an amazing work and an amazing job, thank him for the privilege of having work and having a, a boss that's good to you and having job and having income. If you have a terrible boss and a terrible job, thank him that he's put you into such a perfect place to train you, to equip you, to teach you, to make you thick-skinned, to make you wise as a serpent, innocent as a dove, that in this circumstance, he can give you the keys to unlock that broken man or that broken woman and to be able to lead them into deeper things with God. Remember, they are in deep darkness, but you're the light. 
And I want to tell you, people call themselves Christians, but they behave like darkness. That means they are darkness. Because if you are the light, what oozes out of you is light and love and peace and joy. My friends, don't be fooled with by what people say. Recognize them by the fruit that is within them. That's what's important. And so we see that in, not for all circumstances, in all circumstances. And the Bible promises us that for those in Christ Jesus, he turns all things to the good. Well, I don't see how he can possibly make this good. No, you don't because you're in it and you're not God. But just give it a little bit of time. Give it a little bit of space. Worship him, praise him until you through it and you will marvel at how he turned that to good. He says in Isaiah 61 that the, he, the vengeance belongs to the Lord, but the greatest vengeance is when God takes the ashes of what the enemy did in our lives and he turns that into beauty and then he uses us to violate the enemy by taking others out of there through the power of our testimony. Your testimony is giving thanks to God. You're telling others of the good things of God and the good things people do is giving thanks to God. You coming into his presence and thank him that you've got breath, that you've got life, that you've got a roof over your head, that you've got some food in your tummy, <clears throat> that you can afford to pay for your petrol, that you're strong enough to walk, that you're able to look after your children, friends in the circumstances. Find reasons to thank God. And friends, if you do that, you've got the key to living in glory every single day of your life. That is the key to go through the gate. Friends, without thanksgiving, you cannot go through the gate. You might have asked Jesus to come into your life, but to go through that gate, you've got to enter in through thanksgiving in your life, in your heart, and in your speech. And that's how we enter in. Jesus, God, Father calls us to enter into rest. Jesus says, come into my pasture. Matthew 6 says, go into your secret place. Paul says, I entered into paradise, the third heaven. Enter into the rest of God. And he promises us everything will turn to good. Now, when you are able to give thanks in bad circumstances, that proves to the whole world the level of faith that you've got. Because if you truly know, and that's what that scripture said, know God, then you know that he will never ever leave you, he will never forsake you, and he will fulfill his promises because he's not a man that he should lie. And when you know that, unshakably know that, then no matter what the circumstances are, you will be able to give thanks and praise him because he is good. And friends, in this world, we will have many troubles, but the troubles aren't there to crush us. The troubles are there to build us even stronger on the rock of Jesus Christ. Because when you've been through the waters and you've been through the rivers and you've been through the fires and you still stand and you still thank him and you still praise him, then your house is built on the rock. But if you've been through the waters and fall, you've been through the rivers and fall, you've been through the fires and fall, your house is built on sand, friends. And there's no revelation of knowing Jesus, knowing the Holy Spirit, and knowing the Father. He's calling us to be priests that know how to love Him, worship, minister to Him. And kings who walk out of there, out of the Shekinah, full of glory, full of power, and go and deposit that wherever they are. And then they go back there. You can't even start this journey unless you've learned the key 
of giving thanks in all circumstances. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 4 verse 15 and 16a says, All of this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, do not lose heart. It's all for your benefit. When people see your life and what God has done, they give glory to God. When they see where you've been and where you are, they give glory to God. Friends, nobody can have been and then be in a different place unless they unshakably stand on the power of God and know how to worship Him in all circumstances. Give thanks, praise and worship Him. And that's what God's called us to do. We've got to have thankful hearts. Hebrews 13 verse 15 says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Colossians 2 verse 67 says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Friends, <coughs> a person who's continuously overflowing with thankfulness is a person who knows him, who loves him, and who is not in any way shaken, no matter what circumstances are, because they know this will end well. I'm so excited about that, because I've seen it, I've lived it. I can tell you this because I've been there, done that, and I know the power of thanksgiving and praise. And I will continue, no matter what the future holds. Because my God has proved himself faithful over and over and over again. And I know that if it isn't for him, I don't even have life. And therefore, thanksgiving is just such an absolute bubbling over of just gratitude. Because of who my God is and who Jesus is. Ephesians 5 verse 19b and 20 says, Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, our heart should be a bubbling brook of joy. And His presence is fullness of joy. Every time you enter into His presence, you come out full of joy. And you go back and you get more joy. And you come out full of joy. Circumstances and what's outside the gates do not affect your joy. Circumstances and what's outside the gates do not affect your peace. They do not affect the calm that you are walking in unless you choose to let them. And how do you let them? When you stop looking at him and you look at your circumstances. And the enemy works very hard to do that, friends. But you've got to say, I refuse because I know the source of my life and my salvation comes from above. And we've got to continue being seated with Christ in heavenly places. Friends, sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. That doesn't mean that they don't have emotions and flesh that want to give up and a mind that gets bombarded. But they refuse to live according to their mind, their soul and their flesh. They refuse. They refuse to give that power because all power is given to the spirit that flows through them. And how does the spirit flow through them? Because they've learned the secret of thanksgiving, praise and worship. Now Romans 1 verse 21 says, Although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God, nor gave thanks to Him. Instead, their thoughts turned to worthless things, and their senses, their senseless hearts were darkened. 
And that's what happens, friends, when we allow circumstances to rule our minds. 2 Timothy 3 verse 4 says, There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, that's physical or spiritual. They will be unthankful and they will be unholy. So those two scriptures warn us what it will look like if we choose to follow the flesh, the rulers of darkness of this age, the hosts of wickedness in high places, and the devils that are sent to judge us. But if we choose to let our will rise up and give thanks in all circumstances, praise Him until the atmosphere shifts, worship Him until we sit in the Shekinah, and we completely are overwhelmed by the glory of God, we can only come out with our eyes fixed on Jesus and be an overflowing, bubbling brook of anointing and love and peace and joy and glory. And then everywhere we go, goodness and mercy overflow from our lives into the lives of others. It's not something we go and get in this earth, friends. It's something we deposit in this earth. And then it says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Because friends, when you've got the keys, when you've got the keys and you know how to use them, thanksgiving, praise and worship, you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And friends, Jesus is the word. The moment that you partake of the, of the bread in the holy place, you partake of the word of God. He is the word. So it's the fullness of worship and the fullness of the word of God. I just want to read one more passage of scripture to you, and it's a little bit lengthy, <clears throat> but if you will just um, be with me. I'm reading from Colossians 3, verse 2 to verse 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, we are a chosen generation, a holy people, priesthood of all believers, and we are put together as living stones, helping rub each other smooth. That's what Peter says. And here Colossians says, this is Paul writing, Therefore as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, and with peace. Now we know all of those are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the only way we can clothe ourselves is to be so full of the Holy Spirit that it oozes out of our overflowing cup. Bear with one another and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds you together in perfect unity. Friends, where there's disunity, there's no love. Where there's fear, there's no love. But where there's unity, where there's concern for each other and where there is love, there's no fear and there's no division. Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. You know, I mention this so often. Peace cannot be in a busy mind. If your mind is confused, bombarded, tormented, busy, always overthinking, and there's never any time that you don't feel the forces operating in your mind, friends, then your mind is being controlled by intellectual demons, by spirits of fear, by tormenting demons, and it's not being controlled by the Holy Spirit. But when your mind is quiet and it's peaceful, 
that's when the Holy Spirit is in control of your mind. And so it's really important that you do not make a friend of an overloaded, overwhelmed mind, but you actually recognize my mind is tormented. And I want to come before the Father and I want to lay it down at that altar of sacrifice. And I want to ask him to wash me clean and to break the power of every tormenting demon that is coming against me. So that I can live in peace and a quiet mind. You know, friends, when my mind became quiet, I was absolutely overwhelmed. I didn't know that it was possible. But now that it is, I'm not giving that away again. And therefore, I will not get caught up in unnecessary arguments that just cause chaos in the mind. Rather walk away and keep your peace and take it with you. Let the peace of Christ rule your heart, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in the name or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Friends, if you have not been a thankful person, today I want to offer you the key. And I want to say to use this key. You have to choose to give thanks. Stop. Look at your circumstances. No matter how bleak they are, no matter how dark they are, no matter how chaotic they are, you thank God that you've got life. You thank God that you've got access to Him. And you start speaking life in your situation. And as you start doing that and you feel the atmosphere shift, you start praising God. And as you start doing that, and it'll be difficult in the beginning because you've got to war, war through these walls. <coughs> you've got to war, war through these walls. And how do we war through them? Just through persistence. You don't stop until something shifts. Don't stop until you feel the shift. That's all you have to do. Just keep on keeping on. When you've done all else to stand, stand. And as you keep on praising, and remember, friends, it has to be something you do from the heart. Don't just do a mechanical thing, oh, thank you, God, I thank you, God. I thank no, God, I thank you. I thank you. See him. Look at him. See what he did for you on the cross. See how he died for you. See what he's done for you ever since. See the fact that he's made a way for you. Start remembering some of the good things he did in the past. Start reminding yourself of the miracles he's done and thank him and thank him and thank him. Until you can feel the shift and then just praise him because he's amazing. He's glorious. He's wonderful. He's powerful. That even as I'm just doing a little bit of praise now, I can just feel strength coming back into my body. And then you go into worship where you are quiet. And you just sing a love song to him. You just sing a gentle love song to him because it's all about him. You're loving on him. And as you love on him and you tell him how much you care about him and how precious he is to you. Once again, you'll feel the atmosphere shift, friends, as Jesus walks into the room. <coughs> and you'll be able to feel him holding you. You know, friends, knowing Jesus means really knowing Jesus. I, I just want to tell you that I couldn't imagine life without knowing Jesus. I couldn't imagine life without encountering him regularly. I couldn't imagine life without these incredible times of just me and Jesus. 
I'm sorry about the coughing. The day will come that I won't cough anymore. And even if it doesn't, <coughs> it's not going to stop me bringing glory to my wonderful King Jesus. And then you enter into that place where his presence is so heavy that you can hardly talk. And that's when a moment will feel like 30 hours and 30 hours will feel like a moment. Because there's nothing more glorious than being in glory. And friends, once we start experiencing glory, we leave that holy of holies full of power and full of love and full of peace. And people cannot be the same when you collide with their lives. So friends, start with Thanksgiving. Thank him and wake up in the morning just like the Levites did and thank him. And the last thing at night, just like the Levites did, Thank him and keep a record of the things he's done for you because we forget what God has done for us and not just the big things, it's the little things too. And friends, as you start doing that, that key will change your life forever and it's only just begun. Priesthood of all believers, priests and kings, sons of God, this is your greatest hour. He's looking for glory carriers and to be able to do that, it's as simple as making the choice to thank him, even if you don't feel like it. And to continue going into the deepest glory until you are so full of him that when you get out of there, nothing of this world, it just becomes dim. And the things of this world become strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Just turn your eyes on Jesus. God bless you, beautiful friends. And until we meet again, just love seeing you. This is Kathleen Delahunt. Goodbye.